Did you know by the end of 2024, there will be no more boomers under the age of 60? And on New Year's Day 2025, the first Gen Xer will turn 60. That means within a decade, millennials will be taking over. Be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, you know, uh, this whole generational thing, uh, I've been swept up in it my whole career uh, in positioning radio stations. And, you know, I have a feeling the generation before us, uh, before baby boomers and Gen Xers, they probably complained about the same thing. I, I think 10 years from now, it's going to be different, but we're going to be fine. We're fine now. This is the Radio Espionage Underground Podcast from Los Angeles. I'm Mark Elliott, unedited and unfiltered for Monday, February 12th. I like working without a net, folks. If I was in the circus working the high wire, I'd say, I don't need a net. Take the net away. I just want to walk this wire and feel alive. And that's what it's like doing a podcast. And you just make up your mind that you're going to do it unedited, unfiltered. You hit record and you rock and roll. Here's what we're going to deal with today. The espionage on tap. Arizona and Nevada almost got some beachfront property last week. I'll explain what I mean by that. How about that Super Bowl? Do you have a hangover? And if you could go back and relive the 80s, would you? And before you think about that, uh, you might want to rethink it, and I'll tell you why. ACDC is back on the highway to hell to the disappointment of every single American ACDC fan. And would you pay 18 bucks for a Big Mac? Could happen. I'll tell you about it. Coming up, got a couple of quick announcements before we move forward with the espionage. The Radio Espionage Underground podcast is now on the iHeartMedia podcast network. iHeartMedia. So now we're on 10 out of the 12 big ones, and we're working on TuneIn and Odyssey. Those are in the works. Also, I've decided to add a Thursday podcast. Why? Because I've got the bug. You know, last week I did the Monday podcast, and I couldn't wait to get behind the mic again. And that's what I mean about the bug. Man, it gets into your into your blood, and it never leaves. Mine was dormant for, <laughs> for about 17 years. Uh, but now that I've got a taste of cracking the mic on my own again, uh, I'm adding a Thursday podcast because I can't wait seven days. Uh, three is enough. So that'll start this Thursday, too, by the way. Last Monday, you know, I failed to do my shout-outs. I just totally forgot, blew it off. And, uh, you know, uh, it, that's going to happen sometimes. But I do want to do the shout-outs to people that I've worked with in our, in our industry. Uh, I'm horrible at staying in touch with people. And there are folks that, you know, contributed to my life that l allowed me to live the dream. So that's why I do it, not to name drop. So shout-outs to Charlie West, Guy Zapolian, and, and the late Clark, late great... Clark Ingram. Let me add that to that. Uh, Charlie for hiring me at KZZP in Phoenix when I was just uh, wet behind the ears. Guy for keeping me and taking the muzzle off. And Clark for coaching me up. Without those three, the dream doesn't happen. Uh, emails. Uh, picked out a couple of good ones from everybody that emails. And do me a favor. Um, let me know if you're working at a radio station. Let me know the call letters so I can give you a plug on those too. Terry Grossman from Dayton, Ohio sent me an email asking, you know, Mark, why is rock failing in most markets these days? Uh, well, uh, there's several different reasons, and you can go to markelliotmedia.com, Terry, and dig into more of it. But the short answer is, you know, newer rock, uh, the passion just isn't there for the music as it used to be. 
uh, classic rock has an identity problem. Uh, mainly, they're losing to classic hits radio stations in many, many markets across the company, uh, country because uh, they're playing more popular, more current music. And when I say that, I'm talking about, you know, latter 70s, mainly in the 80s and 90s. So they're a little more relevant. And classic rock comes with certain expectations, and it's always lived in the 60s and 70s. And that age group that grew up listening to classic rock is really starting to age out a little bit. So they're struggling. There's some identity problems there. But stations that are getting it right, if you're looking for new rock, KXXR in Minneapolis and K, or rather WRKZ in Columbus, you can stream those stations. They get it right. They're very good. I'll also add KUPD in Phoenix with that. Um, classic rock stations are just rock stations that are trying to find that new identity by dropping the classic rock moniker. Uh, WKLH in Milwaukee, KSHE in St. Louis, they identify as KSHE. WDVE in Pittsburgh, WDRV in Chicago, and WCSX in Detroit. Those are five solid stations in their markets that do very well. Uh, KZOK in Seattle, also another great rock station that uh, they do still uh, identify as classic rock, but they get it right. Brenda McDaniels from Boulder, Colorado said, on your last podcast, Mark, you said you didn't want to be the only person not talking about Taylor Swift, but isn't not talking about Taylor Swift called counter-programming. Uh, you could look at at that way, Brenda, but you know, again, um, the best example I can give you, and this is going to go way back, is when O.J. Simpson uh was freed for the murder of Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman, um, found not guilty, I should say. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was talking about it. But I had listened around to all the radio stations in Los Angeles, and everybody was talking about it. But I had a guy on the air who was talking about home improvement at the time. And I got back from lunch. I went into the studio, and I asked him, I said, what are you thinking, talking about home improvement when everybody's talking about OJ, you're the only guy who isn't. He said, well, that's why I am talking about home improvement for those people who don't want to hear about OJ Simpson. And, you know, you're probably asking, oh, God, Elliot probably fired the guy. No, that's a teachable moment. That's a coachable moment. And you have a good talent there who just needed some coaching. So, uh, no, I didn't fire the, the talent. Uh, but hopefully that explains it. There are just certain events that happen that you don't want to be the only person not talking about something. And that, uh, the best example I can come up with off the top, Brenda, for you there. Hope that answered your question. All right, let's get into the espionage, the good stuff. Uh, yeah, Arizona and Nevada almost got some beachfront property last week. Uh, I went through a week of horrendous storms that I've never felt in Southern California. I went through El, El Nino back in the mid to late 90s. That was bad, but this was worse. Uh, in the area of North LA County where I live, we had just over 11 inches of rain. Uh, some areas had less and had more damage. We had virtually no damage where I'm at, a couple of small mudslides. Uh, and then on Friday, it was sunny. It was a beautiful day, a little chilly. Uh, we had an earthquake, hit Malibu at 4.6 on the Richter scale. And I live probably, you know, 10 to 12 minutes from Malibu. So I felt it. And it's the first time since I moved to the Elliott Estate uh, 24 years ago that I felt an earthquake. Uh, it was a rolling kind of feeling. 
and uh, only three to five seconds. It doesn't take long for these things to shift and feel them. Uh, and apparently we had, you know, something like 12 to 15 aftershocks over the next couple of days at three, zero and less, mainly two, five in that area. Uh, didn't feel any of those, for an example, uh, but they did happen. But yeah, I know there was people hoping California, they were seeing the, the storms and the devastation on the news, and they're thinking, California's going to fall off into the ocean. Finally, I could feel standing ovations all across the country. California's going down, man, it's going down. Uh, well, we survived. We had some damage in some areas, but, um, and to those folks, uh, thoughts and prayers. Uh, it, was, it was a pretty devastating week. 11 inches of rain and an earthquake, man, that's a party. How about that Super Bowl? Great game. I'm glad I didn't bet. I had San Francisco up by 10 points, but I did say if it was a close game, it favored Kansas City. And Pat Mahomes uh, worked his magic again. You know, the difference between goodness and great is the great ones always rise when the game is on the line. They rise up and make it happen. That's the difference. That's why San Francisco had to win by a blowout and not give Pat Mahomes a chance to come back. And I'd hate to be Jake Moody this morning because it was that miss extra point that changed the game. That's what allowed Pat Mahomes to win the game in overtime. Uh, as much as I hate seeing Kansas City win in Vegas, my favorite team, the Raiders, home turf, you know, you still got to appreciate greatness because it doesn't happen all that often in any sport. So when you see it, recognize it, uh, and enjoy it because you don't get to see those things come around too often. Um, and it, he was just spectacular. Uh, game on the line. His last four drives, touchdown, field goal, field goal, and touchdown to win the game. Unbelievable. Now, everybody's talking about the Travis Kelsey outburst. Uh, we jumped into Andy Reid's face. Granted, it's a bad look when you watch TV and you see this. Looks like a prima donna. I got to be honest, I have no problem with it. You know, when I played sports, I got my coaches' faces as well. Again, I wasn't playing in any Super Bowls, not on TV. But I don't have a problem when a coach confronts, or when a player confronts the coach. Uh, it's just passion. It comes from heart. And I guarantee you that they're fine today because they won the Super Bowl. And if they lost, they still would be fine. The, the relationship between players and their coaches... Uh, this tells me they have a close relationship that he felt comfortable in doing that. But he's right. He's saying, hey, next to Pat, I'm your biggest offensive threat. Why not go to me in the end zone? Uh, Reed's probably thinking that's what they're expecting us to do, so I'm going to zag. I'm going to go and run the ball and do something different. It's early in the game. Let's try it. So, you know, it's always easy to be an armchair quarterback and, and look at these things. And in the heat of the moment. Uh, There's just so much going on. But I don't have a problem with uh, Travis Kelsey getting an Andy Reid's face at all. Uh, the Taylor Swift show was part of it. Um, she made it back from Tokyo in time, plenty of time for the game. Um, and depending on what you read uh, for your stats, uh, she was shown a total of 12 times during the game and 50 to 55 seconds out of four hours and 20, sec uh, 20 minutes that it took to play the game. That's it. Now, if you're like me, I was watching the Super Bowl, uh, but I don't like commercials, so I, didn't, I can't tell you what my favorite commercial was because I didn't see any. Um, I just basically would go to X and see what the conversation was because I'm an X junkie. I love X. As a media person, X is fantastic. 
And so I was watching the coverage there and getting a lot of extra curricular activities going on in the suite where Taylor Swift was. Uh, but she had her posse there. Brittany Mahomes was there. Ice Spice and Blake Lively. Uh, yeah, Blake Lively, uh, who was the wife of Ryan Reynolds. They were all uh, together in the suite. And when Kansas City had a great play or scored a touchdown, kicked the field goal, they were all bumping their Mahomes, which is what we call chest bumping, to keep it kind of wholesome. Uh, they were having a good time. But I have to admit... I became a Taylor Swift fan the moment that she chugged a beer and spiked the cup. I love the Animal House. I see why this relationship has potential now. He's got a little bit of crazy Animal House in him and the wholesome Taylor Swift. Well, you know, she's got some animalistic kind of, you know, behavior in her where she likes to cut loose. And as a guy who grew up during my formative years living next to a frat house, <laughs> I, I love the animal house approach, so I dug that. So I am declaring today officially, because not because of her music, which, you know, it's good, wholesome, straight-ahead pop music, that's fine. But the fact that I watched her chug a beer and spike the cup, I am now a Taylor Swift Swifticle, and that's what I call male Taylor Swift fans. Not Swifties, Swifticles. But what a game. What a game. And next year, Kansas City wants to get run it back to win a third Super Bowl, which has never been done. We've had back-to-back -back champions, but never a three-peat. So Travis Kelsey, after the game, says, I'm coming back. I want the three-peat. So we're going to go and try to do this again. And I'll be rooting against them, uh, wearing my silver and black, painted face, everything, hoping that Kansas City goes down. But I am going to appreciate greatness when I see it. Uh, if you could go back to the 80s, would you? There was a poll that was on X I picked up on asking that question. And there was about, at the time I looked at it, maybe 700 responses, give or take. But 96% of the respondents said yes. And I lived through the 80s. And I will tell you, the 80s was a fabulous decade. It was, you know, we had money in our pocket. Expenses weren't really all that much. It was probably... You know, for rent, food, car, uh, you know, fun, all of that stuff. Uh, you always had plenty of money left over to put in the bank in the 80s. That's what I remember best about the 80s. And it was a great time. There was so much different types of music that we were exposed to. Um, MTV was around uh, and still playing music videos. It was a party. And then in 1985, actor Rock Hudson announced that he had AIDS. And the 80s came to a screeching halt. Because from the late 60s into the mid-80s, it was the sexual revolution. And that's when it came to a screeching halt right then. Because AIDS was a disease that was taking lives even prior to 1985. We just didn't hear about it until Rock Hudson, uh, the first celebrity to announce that he had AIDS, brought it to awareness. And at that point, everybody zipped up and shut up. That's when everything started to change from the 80s. So when I say, geez, would you go back and... Live the 80s? Yeah, up until about 1986. And things started to change at that point. So, you know, uh, the first part of the 80s, fun, fantastic, great parties. Uh, life was outstanding. We had money. Uh, Reagan was, was cherished and loved as a president. And, uh, man, I got to tell you, we've had such piss-poor government leadership, and I know this is an opinion, and I promised I wouldn't do this, but it just feels like we've had such piss-poor government leadership for the last 36 years, we wouldn't know a good leader if they came up and smacked us in the ass. But um, the 80s, 
First part, yeah. Second part, probably not. ACDC is back on the highway to hell and disappointing every U.S. ACDC fan. Yep, this morning, they, and it's Monday, February 12th, they announced they were doing a European tour. 21 dates starting in Germany in May. Uh, they're going to tour. Now, I understand these guys are getting up there. Uh, by the time this tour starts, Angus Young is going to be 69 years old. Brian Johnson is knocking on door number 77. So I get it why they want to kind of probably feel out how they feel after doing 21 dates in Europe. And then they may come to the United States. They may go to Australia, their homeland. Who knows? Uh, but to start, it's a European tour. They've picked up uh, Chris Cheney and Matt Logg uh, to fill in for Phil Rudd and Cliff Williams. Uh, both these guys are experienced musicians. Uh, Cheney and uh, Logg both played with Alanis Morissette and Slash. So they've played together before. And ACDC, smart band, they know that their rhythm section is very important. So they got two guys who are familiar with each other. And uh, they're going to rock. I can't wait to see it. We'll probably have to live uh, that tour online. Well, I'm sure we'll see plenty of things uh, on X, on social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all across the board. Um, by the way, I do have a social media feed on X called Axe Radio. And that's all you have to search on X. And basically what I do there is I follow all the rock publications, all the bands, all the artists, and I retweet and repost. Well, retweet. It's reposting now. Tweet doesn't enter into the equation. Um, all this news and information. And you can use it as your rock magazine. Just search Axe Radio uh, on X and follow the posts and replies. And you scan down and you can get all your rock news because uh, I do it. Two or three times a day, I'll go back and repost stuff uh, for the hot news of the day. And you can be, uh, you know, the smartest person in the room uh, 10 minutes after you read through it. All right. And uh, disappointed that ACDC hasn't announced U.S. tour dates yet. Uh, and no, no new album was uh, mentioned at all. But uh, let's, let's keep our fingers crossed that maybe ACDC will get here in the fall, here in the United States. All right, would you pay 18 bucks for a Big Mac? $18 for a Big Mac. I'll tell you, man, the last time I had a Big Mac, it was under a buck. That's how long it's been. Uh, I just didn't like the Big Mac. I was a quarter pounder guy, man. Just give me meat cheese with uh, the onions and pickle and the ketchup and mustard. I'm good to go. Um, but yeah, uh, our greasy governor, Gavin Newsom here in California, he upped the minimum wage for fast food workers to 20 bucks an hour. Good for them. Uh, but, of course, that's going to raise prices. So the word is, and what I keep reading, I haven't seen the $18 Big Mac yet, but they're saying that the Big Mac could cost as much as $18. Bucks. Um, you know, I wouldn't pay $18 bucks for any hamburger, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but it's interesting to me that In-N-Out, which is a huge burger chain here in California in the Southwest, you know, the double-double is similar to the Big Mac in size, maybe a little bit bigger. Um, you can get a double-double in fries for only $7.50. Now, In-N-Out has been paying their employees 18 bucks an hour for quite a while now, for, for a number of years. So I'm wondering if it's $20 an hour to work at McDonald's, you know, as far as pay goes, why does that warrant an $18 Big Mac when In-N-Out pays their employees currently 18 bucks an hour? Uh, they've got to jump at two. We might see a small increase. But why can I go out and get a double-double with fries for $7.50 
and have to pay $18 for a Big Mac by itself. Now, they may throw in the fries uh, with that, that $18. Still, it's a Big Mac. You know, when you're used to Big Macs and these combos being, you know, the cheapest thing on the planet that you could drive through and get, uh, $18 is a stretch for me. Uh, but it could happen across the country because we know that Gavin Newsom wants to be president of the United States. Now, again, I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to ask you a question and give you a fact and let you think about it, okay? Gavin Newsom, when he took office in California as governor less than six years ago, entered with a $90 billion surplus in the state budget. $90 billion dollars. And here we are less than six years later. We are at $30 billion and counting in the negative. That's a $120 billion swing in less than six years. So my question is, do you think he's competent? Do you think he's competent enough to be president of the United States of America? That's why he could bring along that $18 Big Mac with him, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I don't have a problem with people making 20 bucks an hour. That's still not enough to, 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 uh, to get by in, in, in Bidenville. But that's, uh, again, that's another opinion. So uh, I didn't say that. You didn't hear that. Scratch it. Delete, delete, delete. <laughs> All right. That's going to put a wrap on this episode of the Radio Espionage Underground podcast with Mark Elliott. That's me. Uh, the conversation does continue on X between podcasts. Just search Radio Espionage U, the letter U, and we'll get connected that way. You can go to markelliotmedia.com to check out my blog and find out uh, how I approach programming radio. Uh, send your emails my way. Uh, you can get the email address there. Just make sure that you put in the subject line, we need to talk. That way I'll know it's directed to the podcast. All right, come back on Thursday, this Thursday. My guest will not be Travis Kelsey. Be good to each other because it doesn't cost a damn thing to be nice to people. <laughs>